WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Lakeshore Public Schools has seen a slight enrollment decrease this year, but it was a smaller decrease than had been expected. Speaking to the Lakeshore Board of Education this week, District Chief Financial Officer Tracy Aldhouse said revenues this year have been higher than budgeted because of the enrollment. So when we budgeted back in June, we budgeted for about $26.50. That's based on our enrollment projections from Dr. Fred Ignavich, whom we use every year. Our enrollment came in much better than expected. Our unaudited student count as of Wednesday was 2669.3, I believe. So definitely an increase. We're very happy to see that. The district gets about $9,600 per student from the state. Althaus said partly as a result of the good enrollment news, the projected revenues for the year went from $36.4 million to $37 million. She added expenditures have also been up, partly due to the hiring of a social worker, a special education teacher, and a young five teacher. Tours of the St. Joseph Lighthouse were full this year, showing the second highest number of visitors ever recorded. Heritage Museum and Cultural Center Director Marco Tomasi told St. Joe City Commissioners this week the 2023 season has recorded 6,925 visitors and generated more than $16,000 in sales. 4,500 more than we saw last year, so huge improvement. We saw visitors, and by self-report, out of the visitors themselves in their guest book, East Coast, West Coast, down to Florida, all the way up to Alaska, Europe, Africa, South America. Tomasi said they also have more tour guides than ever, with 19 unpaid volunteers helping to lead the tours. This year marked a full return to the Lighthouse tour schedule after COVID shut things down. It's also Tomasi's first year as the director of the museum. He said tours started in May and will continue through October 15th. If you're in the market for a bicycle, then the St. Joseph Department of Public Safety may have something for you. Director Steve Newbecker tells us they're going to hold an auction this Saturday. Up for grabs will be all kinds of bikes. Bicycles were found abandoned in the city and various other things, and we'll be auctioning them off to the community. Newbecker says the auction proceeds will go back into the city's general fund. The auction will be Saturday at the St. Joseph Public Works Building at 1160 Broad Street. The viewing of the items will be at 7 a.m. with the auction, it's auction itself starting at 8 a.m. Hager Township finished out this past fiscal year in good shape. Township Supervisor Izzy DiMaggio tells us the Township Board heard the annual audit report this week. It shows the Township took in $830,000 this past year and spent $783,000. It was able to grow its fund balance to $1.4 million, which is 182% of the total general fund expenditures. We don't spend money foolishly. We don't spend money we don't have. We are debt-free, and there's very few communities can say that. DiMaggio says that while the good news is good, township trustees have to be careful. I did caution the board, though, that uh, we have some major challenges ahead of us. So even though we are in a great financial position with these major challenges, we could be uh, in, in a situation that is less fortunate, though. Those challenges include uh, the new five-year contract with Medic One for ambulance service. DiMaggio says it costs about $89,000 a year, a new expense. There's also the public works building expansion and some drain projects coming up. DiMaggio credits the staff and trustees with the positive audit. Michigan Works brought together high school students from Coloma and St. Joseph for its annual manufacturing day at Max 3 in Benton Harbor last week. Michigan Works Business Solutions Manager Michael Mompremier tells us 62 students toured the state-of-the-art manufacturing facility to learn a bit about the manufacturing career path. 
He says the industry is facing a shortage of workers. In our area specifically, manufacturing is a core sector, but the manufacturing space overall, there's about 30% or so of individuals in the manufacturing space, or 55 and above. And so in about 10 years or so, many of them will be exiting the workforce. So it's important that we reinvigorate the talent pipeline and bring exposure to it. In addition to touring the site, the students had the opportunity to demo virtual reality headsets to experience careers in manufacturing themselves. Mom Premier says getting students exposed to the kind of technical careers possible in manufacturing is key to helping employers find the workers they need. Meanwhile, Barry and Risa and the Michigan Works are teaming up with Lake Michigan College to host around 2,000 ninth grade students this month for Career Pathway Day. Risa Assistant Superintendent of Career and Technical Education Chris Machiniak says the students will get a chance to interact with industry representatives from around southwest Michigan to explore six career pathways. He tells us ninth grade is about when many students start seriously thinking about what career they'll pursue, and Career Pathway Day will help them learn more. Students will be interacting with engineers, business owners, emergency medical technicians, biologists, agriculture consultants, office managers, bankers, veterinarians, and others to gain a firsthand understanding of what it means to work in that field. He says employers will also benefit by laying the groundwork for a stronger labor force. Career Pathway Day 2023 will be October 20th, the Mendel Center. Employers representing the fields of manufacturing and engineering, health, human services, arts and communication, business, and natural resources will all be there. Small appliances from KitchenAid will be up for grabs at discounted prices this week. Whirlpool tells us a KitchenAid small appliance sale will be held in St. Joseph Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. The new products include overstocks and discontinued items that Whirlpool wanted to make available to the community at discounts of up to 60%. The items include stand mixers, kitchen gadgets, cookware, and more. This week's sale will be held at the warehouse at 211 Hilltop. On Thursday and Friday, the hours will be 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and Saturday's hours will be 9 a.m. to noon. They will only take credit cards. No cash will be accepted. And get ready for a night of frightful delight as the second annual Halloween Boo Bash will return to the Silver Beach Center in St. Joe this weekend. The Silver Beach Center says the Boo Bash will be Saturday from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m., the ticket price includes a free ride on the haunted Silver Beach Cell, as well as complimentary admission into the Curious Kids Discovery Zone. The bash will feature Halloween magic with John Dudley, special characters, photography, a boo-it-yourself cookie-decorating activity, tasty treats for all ages, and a cash bar for the grown-ups. Shadowland on Silver Beach director Elizabeth Harper says last year's event was a big hit, so they decided to make Boo Bash an annual affair. It's $15 to get in, although those three and under will get in for free. You can uh, get tickets at CuriousKidsMuseum.org. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwozhak, where furniture shopping is fun. President Biden has addressed the hostage situation in Gaza. Michelle Franzen has more. At least 14 Americans are among the 900 killed in Israel following the attacks by Hamas. President Biden condemning the murders of innocent civilians, saying the atrocities bear the hallmarks of ISIS. The brutality of Hamas, these bloodthirstiness brings to mind the worst, the worst rampages of ISIS. 
This is terrorism. The president pledging unwavering support for Israel. At the same time, the U.S. is working to contain the violence. ABC's Martha Raddatz says U.S. military warships have been sent to the region. This, of course, is a deterrent. You heard the president warn anyone who wants to make this situation worse. Don't do it. He is speaking to Hezbollah, the proxy of Iran, and he is speaking to Iran. A U.S. official told me today they have seen no hard evidence, no smoking gun, that Iran had direct responsibility for this attack. But of course, he said there is complicity. At least 20 U.S. citizens are still missing. Michelle Franz in ABC News. Israeli warplanes hammered the Gaza Strip neighborhood by neighborhood on Tuesday, reducing buildings to rubble and sending people scrambling to find safety in the tiny sealed-off territory, now suffering severe retaliation for the deadly weekend attack by Hamas. Aid groups warned that supplies were running out at hospitals overwhelmed by the wounded. The war, which has claimed at least 1,900 lives on both sides, is expected to escalate. Israel has said that Hamas and other militant groups in Gaza are holding about 150 soldiers and civilians hostage. Meanwhile, two U.S. officials confirm the U.S. is discussing whether a second U.S. aircraft carrier should be deployed to the eastern Mediterranean because of the Israel-Hamas crisis. ABC's Karen Travers is more. The USS Dwight Eisenhower was previously scheduled to depart Norfolk, Virginia, later this week for a scheduled deployment that would take it to the Middle East via the Mediterranean Sea. Now the decision to be made is whether it will remain in the Mediterranean and head to the eastern part to join the already positioned USS Gerald R. Ford, or whether it will relieve the Ford. National Security Spokesman John Kirby said Tuesday, sending naval forces to the eastern Mediterranean is meant to send a, quote, strong message of deterrence that the U.S. will not tolerate any nation or organization trying to take advantage of the situation in Israel. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. The outbreak of war between Israel and the Palestinians is threatening to delay or derail a country-by-country diplomatic push by the United States to improve relations between Israel and its Arab neighbors. The attack by Hamas and much of the Arab world's response to it have raised questions about whether Palestinian ambitions for sovereignty can be put aside while the U.S. tries to help Israel move ahead with improving relations with the rest of the Middle East. Less than three weeks ago, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu sat beside President Joe Biden and said a historic peace between Israel and Saudi Arabia seen within reach. Biden was equally optimistic. The situation in Israel is likely affecting the battle over the next House Speaker in Congress. Here's ABC's Jay O'Brien. The House floor is paralyzed. I talked to Mike McCall, the chair of the House Foreign Affairs Committee. The eyes of the world are watching Congress as we cannot we don't have a speaker. Uh, it's a bit dysfunctional, and I think that projects weakness. We have to elect a, a speaker immediately. There can be a speaker elected by the end of the week? I, I think, uh, given the events of late, it just it shows the dire necessity that we have to. So House Republicans have said they want a speaker by the end of the week, and Chairman McCall telling me he believes because of that attack on Israel, that is more likely. Evidence shown at former President Donald Trump's New York civil business fraud trial shows he signed a 1994 document that gave the true size of the New York penthouse that was listed later as far larger on his financial statements. The evidence appeared in an email attachment shown during testimony today from Alan Weisselberg, the former finance chief of Trump's company. James's lawsuit alleges that Weiselberg engineered Trump's financial statements to meet his demands that they show increases in his net worth and signed off on lofty valuations for assets despite appraisals to the contrary. Trump denies any wrongdoing. 
A group of lawmakers is considering a move that would attach future aid for Israel with an outstanding request for more aid to Ukraine. Morph, maybe he's like a Giochi. Democrats and Republicans who support additional Ukraine funding are searching for any possible way to get it through Congress and past House Republicans standing in the way. In a Wall Street Journal op-ed, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell floating the idea of attaching future aid for Israel with an outstanding request for aid from Ukraine, repeatedly drawing comparisons between the plight of Ukrainians and Israelis. Nevertheless, the House is paralyzed until it can elect a new Speaker of the House. Ike Jachi, ABC News, Washington. San Diego's well-oiled system of migrant shelters is being tested like never before as U.S. Customs and Border Protection releases migrants to the streets of California's second-largest city because the shelters are full. About 13,000 have dropped off, have been dropped off at transit stations with notices to appear in immigration courts at their final destinations in the U.S. since September 13th. About 500 more are arriving daily. Migrant aid groups blame a mix of circumstances. Those include reduced government funding, the government's practice of flying or busing migrants from Texas and Arizona to be processed in San Diego, and an increase in illegal crossings. And if your favorite restaurant managed to survive the pandemic, then its future is probably looking bright. ABC's Jim Ryan tells us about a new study on the health of the industry. The food service research company Data Central estimates that more than 79,000 eateries, about 10% of the nation's total, were permanently closed down by the pandemic. But a new look at data from the Census Bureau shows that monthly restaurant sales have rebounded and actually surpassed pre-pandemic figures. The addition of food delivery and takeout may have saved thousands of restaurants and restaurant jobs. Jim Ryan, ABC News.